right now this is the new part of it. This is the first Zionist community to be built in the land. When I'm saying Zionist, it's not just uh, Jewish, but Zionist Jew, Jew, uh, Judaism. And this was originally built in 1878. So that's really like among the very, very first Zionist uh, settlement in the country. Uh, when I'm saying Zionism, Zionism is the Jewish national movement. Basically, it's the movement that adapted all the concept of modern nationalism. They said if we want to live as Jews without being persecuted and discriminated, whatever, we should eventually aim for having a Jewish nation state. That's Zionism. Now, Zion is the name of, you know, Zion is actually one of the biblical names for. Jerusalem exactly and, and that's basically Jerusalem uh, Jerusalem has 70 different names in the Bible so one of them would be Zion the Zionist movement in a way extended that meaning to the land to the promised land to the land of Israel so not just for Zion but basically the idea is to have a Jewish nation-state in the promised land of Zion which is the land of Israel um, so Jews have always come to the country, Jews have always lived in the country, but back in the second half of the 19th century, we could find those first groups of Jews who immigrated into the land of Israel in order to have, for the first time, a Jewish nation state, a Jewish state, not just to live here, not just to study the Torah here, but really to actually have a political entity here. That's the first time since the time of the Maccabees, the Hasmoneans, which was the second century BC. So, the Maccabees were the last, in a way, Jewish political entity to rule the country for about a hundred years. This ended with the invasion of the Romans in 63 BCE. And the second time, or the next time we're having a Jewish independent or political independent entity would be 1948. So that's a result of a very long process and activity of the Zionist movement. So Rosh Pina was one of the very first, one of the three first Zionist settlements in the country. And again, that to put in mind, the Jewish national movement. Um, I was asked about when you build new communities, you could see that new part of Rosh Pina, whether we find archaeological artifacts. So in order to get a permit to build a house in Israel, you need to get part of the process is to get the approval of the antiquities authorities. So let's say I built my house. I live in a country, I live in a farm. So it's a farmland. But in order to get the permit to build my house, I had to actually bring someone from the Antiquities Authorities to make a survey and actually to sign my paper. For me it was easy. If you build in Jerusalem, you build in uh, Ramle, you build in Lod, you build uh, in Tiberias, you build in Tzfai, almost everywhere you build in Israel, that might be a bit more of a problem. Because everything has been populated back in the past, and in most cases you would actually bump into some archaeological artifacts. And then you need to actually freeze everything, do what we call rescuing excavation, try to take out as many artifacts as possible, and then you build foundations to actually keep building. If it's important, really like uh, an important site, probably the whole project is going to be freezed, and, and you know, you cancel it, because uh, if you find something that is really important, that would be actually preserved. Um, so uh, who pays for it? The developer. So eventually, price of, price of housing in Israel is beyond any range you can imagine. Part of it is because of those unexpected expenses. It's always put in the total cost. So the, 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 the end customer who buys the condo, buys the house, whatever, 
eventually would have to cover it. So since this is completely unexpected, you don't know how much it's going to cost you. From the very beginning, there's an extra cost just to be on the safe side. Uh, you know, there are about 15,000 archaeological sites in Israel. Potentially, we can actually get up to probably 300,000. That's the number I heard from one of the archaeologists. Means almost wherever you stick a shovel, you find something. Whether this is important or not, that's a different question. Whether this is what you're looking for or not, that's a different question. But um, this land has been uh, actually populated um, for more than 7,000 years. I mean, way before, before Abraham, it's before... Um, so, uh, and why, basically, if you look at the map of the world, of the map of this region, what are the ancient civilizations here? In the south, that would be Egypt, right? And then you go farther east and northeast, that would be Mesopotamia. Okay, Mesopotamia, the area of Iraq, Iran, uh, Euphrates, Tiger Rivers, I mean, Fertile Land, Fertile Crescent, as we call it. Um, if you wanted to trade between these two major civilizations, and by the way, in the north, of course, you have Phoenicia with the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. So if you want to trade between these civilizations, what you need to do is actually cross from Egypt to Mesopotamia. That's all desert. Today, take uh, an airplane, you fly over, end of story. In ancient times, you had to actually walk through it. We just spoke here about distances. Think how much you just had to walk from the Sea of Galilee to the district, uh, district of Caesarea Philippi. We're taking like a, a, a 50 minute drive, but I mean, think how, how long it took just to walk. I mean, it's, 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 it's difficult, it's long distances, right? So crossing the desert at the time was basically impossible. Impossible for humans. I mean, it's like, uh, it's, it's huge, it's big, water supply, food, uh, carrying your stuff with you, almost impossible. So basically, in order to do that, you had to make a detour to walk around it. Look where Canaan is located. Canaan is really north of Egypt, along the coast. There's a very narrow strip of fertile land. So everyone who wants to cross from Egypt to Mesopotamia or the other way around had to cross along Canaan. And then to go either along the Jersey Valley or farther north along the Galilee and cross east. So this place has always been populated and therefore go to any ancient civilization and find of the region of course you'll find remnants. This is why it's also a meeting point of different cultures. So you can see the influence of different cultures all meet in this kind of a tiny small part of the of the land. So you think of that tiny spot of Canaan, if you controlled it, you basically controlled all the trade and all the maneuvering, convoys, caravans armies to go from one civilization to another and so that's uh we say today location 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 that is the same thing it's all about location so that's canaan and uh and therefore wherever you stick a shepherd you find something really i mean it's it's, it's a re it's not just a joke it's it's a real thing uh different civilizations some more important for us some less but i mean and of course you need to prioritize because the resources are unfortunately limited Many universities from all over the world come to practice, you know, students come to practice here. That's a great way to fund excavations. Um, of course, always donations, but I mean, and the country puts their money in it as well.
was talking about the Zionists. I did an episode. What is the episode? What is it? Depends where. Anthony Ashley Cooper. Is he talking about the private house or the condo? He was a contemporary Spurgeon. Because if you go to big cities, you surely find that private house. Oh, you have it. I mean, very few. Most of it is Palestinians. To try to get Jews to go back. I would say go to Tel Aviv, not to the very expensive, not to the very poor, average condo in Tel Aviv would probably be. He was a godly man, of course. Give or take. But talking incessantly about Jews going back to, Around back million to their land. Like, yeah, it was and I'm really talking about like, what we call four bedroom yeah. apartment. Uh, but the size of it would be, give or take, a thousand square feet. With another balcony to be another maybe uh, 120 square feet of a balcony. That would be about a million dollars, $900,000 in Tel Aviv. I don't know about the holy, but definitely many cows. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, a extremely expensive. There's a huge shortage of housing in Israel. Uh, part of it is just out of uh, natural growth of the population, but part of it is also, I guess, a false policy of different governments. It's not just a contemporary one, it's uh, for many, many years. You have to understand, 86% of the land in Israel is government-owned means the land is government owned. If the government really wanted to, let's say, make housing more affordable for people, all they had to do is to release lands for free for the developers to make sure that they would, they would not have to pay for the, for the land. And then all, all you have left to pay for is for the building itself, right? But the government wants to make all the money out of the land as well. So they never Gosh. actually release the land, not even for, live for free, not even for a good price. And where would they do it? They would do it where they want to develop an area. For instance, if they want to develop the West Bank settlement, they would actually provide free or very cheap land in the West Bank. If they, there was once the government wanted to encourage people to move to the Galilee. So back in the 60s and 70s, people could really get cheap land in the Galilee. So whenever the government has an interest, they can provide the land for either very cheap or free. But in general, especially when well, most people want to live somewhere along the coast in the central part of the country and the whole way from east from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem that's the central part of the country where about three and a half million people live in this is never going to be cheap I mean this is beyond any range you can imagine but even the periphery today is very very expensive because whenever there's huge shortage and high demand these are the rules of uh, free market anyways we are <coughs> We're now entering to the Mount of Beatitudes. Now, you can close your eyes. Okay guys, we're going to get off the bus here, we're going to be here for about uh, probably half an hour or so.